Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. How are you guys doing? Welcome over to the channel. If you guys are new, do yourself a favor and hit that subscribe button. I've been doing videos every single day over this conflict because it's ever changing. And yes, this backdrop is a little different. I am actually not in my normal location. I'm on vacation. Well, it's kind of a rhyme there. But I, I will be leaving today. So this is my very last video you'll see from here. So tomorrow you guys will be back to the normal stuff. I will tell you guys the map is going to look a lot different than what you guys have ever seen because there's been a lot going on over the last 12 to 24 hours. If you guys are new, to this channel, Red, Russia, Blue, Ukraine. These maps are my own. I've been updating them every single day to keep up with what's going on and to give you guys the most up-to-date information on what's going on in Ukraine. So, out the gate, Russia has been retreating from the northern side of Ukraine, as we know, and as they've been doing so, they've actually been looting homes and businesses along the way. It has been noted that the Russian military has actually set up a bazaar in Belarus in a town called Nariula, where they're selling stolen jewelry, cars, cosmetics, and currency. I have no idea how they're getting the cars up there. They can't even get their own equipment back as of right now. So I have no idea how they're doing that. Anyway, Russia has now started to actually mobilize its troops in the occupied area of Transnitria to demonstrate its readiness to attack Ukraine from the southwest. I don't know if that's really going to do anything. because They can't even push through the Mykolaiv area and hold it. So I don't believe that's going to... What is that really going to do? Probably nothing. Nothing that's just imposturing. There are also reports coming out that the U.S. is in the process of working with NATO allies to provide Ukrainian military with ex-Soviet heavy armor, which is somewhat ironic, which includes tanks. The primary country that will provide these would be Poland, which has around 1,000 T-72 variants currently. The deal would most likely include the United States providing the countries with new tanks, uh, with new tanks, they're not going to be new tanks, but new tanks to them, which would be M1A1 Abrams, which the United States has about 3,000 of them currently in storage. 3,000 Abrams in storage. Yes, the Abrams have been used for, I don't know, 20 years or so, maybe even longer, maybe 30. It's been around for a very long time. Now, it's very advanced. Now, some of them are going to have different internal components, like when it comes to targeting and shooting and stuff like that. But it, just getting an Abrams compared to a T-72, that's a pretty big upgrade, no matter who you are. All right. So we're going to move over to the mapping. There's been a lot going on. I'm going to give you guys a quick little rundown. This area down here, we know, was actually controlled by Russian forces. Literally this last video. I mean, they've been retrograding back quick, fast, and in a hurry. And they've been getting hit by the Russians, or excuse me, the Ukrainians on the way through. That is the Russians. They've been getting hit quite a bit. All right, so the Russians have been defeated in Kiev. I don't care what they say. They come out and they say this is step one, the phase one, whatever their process is done and over with. This is what they wanted. No, they've been defeated. The entire world knows it. They know it. Their troops know it. That's why they're moralized. They're looting houses on the way back. And this is, it's crazy. Like, I have literally seen videos and, and photos of these Russian troops inside of, like, post offices trying to ship clothes and cell phones and stuff back to their homes. It's, it's goofy. Anyway, over the last 24 hours, they've been conducting withdrawal operations from this entire area. Literally, this, as you see on this map, this entire area. From down here, they've been doing withdrawal operations all the way out. That is the Russian troops. I'm going to go ahead and clean this up real quick. All right. So the 35th and the 36th CAA have withdrawn through the Chernobyl exclusion zone 
which is up in here. So this line you guys see, they've been withdrawing all the way through here. Here is Ivankov. So Ivankov was the logistical hub for the Russians in this area. Now it's been taken back by the Ukrainian forces. And rather this main route you guys see, I know you guys see a couple little red pockets right here. I'm going to go ahead and put an R on them so you guys know. Those are somewhat areas that Russia, they do have some men that have stayed back. Now it is, it is for a reason, which I'll talk about here in a second. Now the 35th and 36th CA have actually moved down. Now the 41st CA, has begun its withdrawal from Chernihiv at the same time. So you have three major units retreating, or yeah, I guess retreating is the best way, retreating from this northern area right now. Now, if they're going to regroup, refit, and actually remobilize and push east, I know that's going to be a thing, so we have to take note of that, and actually we'll see them at a later date, about a week from now, I would say, on the eastern side of the country, trying to push through. Now, the 90th Tank Division and the 2nd Guards Motor Rifle Division has begun to withdraw completely. Now, this is, this is coming out of the eastern side of Kiev, so this area down over here, which which is kind of nuts to me that they've retreated and, and retrograded this fast because they have left a lot, a lot of equipment behind. Like if it was somewhat inoperable or wasn't like mission sensitive or mission critical, it was left behind. That's how fast they've been moving, maneuvering out of this area. So I'm going to go ahead and share some drone footage you all that's coming out of the area, which has been a bunch of... It's actually just a bunch of abandoned Russian equipment that they left trying to get across the, the river up near Irpin. So here is that. So we have multiple videos coming out of Bucha and Hostomel and uh, Bordyanka, which I want to show you guys. This is what the aftermath of what everything is like right now. Now, it is it is liberated and controlled by Ukrainian forces. Now, I have showed you guys on this map, which I'll talk about here in a second, there are pockets of Russian resistance that was left behind. So here's those videos, and we'll talk about it here in a second. So it is possible that pockets of Russian resistance remain in the area northwest of Kiev. They've, they've literally been left there to disrupt any Ukrainian uh, force from trying to push through and hit the retreating Russian military that's moving north. Now, I'm not going to say they left these men behind as like cannon fodder and like their last stand, but they did leave them behind in pockets to actually try to stall the Ukrainian forces from moving really quick. Because if they all retrograded back at the exact same time, that rear element would do nothing but just get absolutely smashed as they're moving through. Now, they have been targeting and being, it's the Ukrainian military, that is, targeting the Russians' retreat really effectively, which I have some video footage I'm going to show and photos here later on. But it's also been likely that a lot of these units in here have actually been cut off unintentionally due to Russia's lack of, of leadership in the lower ranks. Russia doesn't have the same type of leadership we have in America. Uh, in our military, I guess you would say. Like, they don't have, like, like junior enlisted. Like, oh, excuse me, that's a bad way to put it. They have junior enlisted. They don't have, like, NCOs. They don't have, like, sergeants. They, there's a, they have a wide gap. So their their leadership down in their, their middle ranks is 
kind of non-existent. So that's 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 what leads me to believe that some of these troops and some of these these squad elements, platoon size elements, were actually left behind unintentionally because they may not know what to do and they may have really bad organizational skills and and actually like communication with with what's going on and actually to pull back at the right time. But Ukraine is not let up and still has been targeting Russian positions that they've tried to be exfiling. So here's video over the aftermath of one of these strikes on a Russian position. And uh, yeah, here's that. So these images you guys are currently seeing are another indication that the Ukrainian military is not letting up at all when it comes to the Russians retreating. These are literally artillery strikes that are hitting a convoy that's trying to leave at a Chernihiv. There was over a half dozen vehicles destroyed alone in this convoy consisted of ammo and fuel so this is a big deal i'm talking six seven eight trucks that's full of ammo and fuel like they were having a hard time getting this stuff in the first place so here's that i'm gonna go and show you guys the map so through here we're look look at this is this is crazy to me the amount of retrograding and retreating we've seen so fast by the russian military now right now up here like this whole area like, this whole area was controlled 48 hours ago by the Russian military, which I'm showing you. So here, down here, this town was liberated about a week ago. Then here's Nova Basan. They pushed through and took this 24 hours ago. 48 hours ago, they took this. Now they're pushing, look at this, the Russian forces are pushing all the way back right now. They're, they're literally having the retrograde on this route. Now, this route that's pushing all the way east towards Sumy, they're going to take heavy casualties and sustain major losses from all their for all their equipment. Because we're talking about this is the route that they've been struggling to get stuff on and through to that eastern side of Kiev. So they're going to have to deal with IEDs, ambushes all the way through this entire route, going all the way through Sumy, all the way out. Like it's good. This is going to be a rough. These troops that are right here, this this past east, this uh, excuse me, this route east is going to be extremely difficult to to get all this equipment through. Now this this is this is crazy. Look at this. They pushed all these men up through Bravery. They hit here in, in Kadyanansk, and then they split off in, in three elements that have started to push push more northerly. This is kind of crazy to me, to watch this real time actually happen. These men have hit this route. They pushed the Russian forces north, which I told you guys, I think it was three days ago, I told you guys there was a Ukrainian force that had to push south. I told you they needed this critical area right here. It was crucial. Nizir is all free. Now, the Russian forces are clearly just north, or excuse me, northeast, excuse me, of Nizium. Now, they're all kind of pushed back here. Now, you can see this front line of the Russian military is roughly about right there. Like I said, they're going to have to lead back some element to actually make sure that Ukrainian forces don't continually push through and just smoke every single rear vehicle as they're trying to exfil so right now this main route up here is going to be their safest route it has been but they're still going to have to deal with getting ambushes along all the way through here like all the way through this route so these forces up here in the next 24 hours as they retrograde back into russia to then push down south into the eastern side they're going to have to deal with a lot of ambushes and they're going to sustain a lot of casualties and lose a lot of equipment it's going to happen. Now, these pockets over here, we know that Russians are still in these pockets. These aren't exact, but I know Ukrainian forces have pushed all the way through. I mean, they're all the way through into Izium. So these forces that are here, these little pockets, I don't have a lot of hope for them to make it all the way back because they still have to hit this main route and then get up through Chernobyl. So just terrible, terrible execution by the Russian military once again. So we're going to move eastern. So I'm going to move all the way to the eastern side of the country because there is quite a bit going on. So uh, Bel Belgorod, so right here, you guys see Belgorod. So we know that this was a staging ground and still is for the Russian military. They have been moving their troops in and back out of here to let them rest and refit and reorganize and then come back into Kharkiv. We know that's one of the areas. So they've been actually shelling Kharkiv a ton. 
So I expect to see the retreating forces that have been moving into the Sumi area to refit, reorganize, and redeploy to this region in the next coming week or so. So there's this is going to be it. So there's one of the areas, Bel- Belgorod, and then we know that Kupiansk, I believe, is also a staging ground for the Russian military because they do move along these main routes, which I do have actually indicated. I don't believe they control most of this area. I don't think they have a lot of uh, forces inside this area. I don't think there's a lot of Ukrainian troops. I think that's just more just... I guess you can give it to the Russians because they control the main routes going in and out of there. But these red these red lines you guys see, these are basically the main routes that are all around this area. So that's what the Russians really care about is this the main routes. So the Ukrainian military is reporting that the artillery strikes against Kharkiv have actually intensified. Now, they're doing this to prevent the Ukrainian troops from having any sort of freedom of movement to allow the Russians to fortify their positions along the river. So this area, this area in the eastern side of the country is going to be it's going to be the most important for this entire conflict. We know that Putin and Russia, they need a win. They need some sort of, of talking point. They need some sort of way to have their negotiations go the way that they want it. They want to control these areas. Now, that this is, this is going to be the most important area. Now, we know Izium. The town of Izium has actually been, it's been contested for the last two weeks, but it's now under Russian control. And I told you guys this is one of the most important areas of the country, the most important town. And the Russian forces have been in this area preparing for advances towards Slovenia. So right here on the map. So they pushed through Izium. Now, they didn't push through and take a lot of ground, but now they control the entire city, which the routes go through are extremely important to push more west. So Slovenask. So we know that there's actually Russian forces that are pushing down as of right now. So Ukrainian officials have actually stated that there's a few members of the Izium City Council who have actually betrayed Ukraine and revealed their weak points to the Russians. Now, this happened about a month ago. It wasn't it wasn't here, but it was during negotiations. They found out there were some, I, I guess, people that were leaking information to the Ukraine or the, the Russian government about the position. Positions, Russian or excuse me, Ukrainian positions. Now I'm going to say the pro, the same outcome is probably going to happen for these people. I I don't know. This is the traitorous thing, and if it is and if it is real, which it might be, or it could just be propaganda. Could be. I don't know. Either way, it's not a good look. It's not a good thing. The Eastern Front is now the focal point of the Russian military, and the capture of Izium is a key victory for the soldiers inside of this area. I think a major victory. It's huge. So with the Russians gaining control of Izium, the battle of the Donbass region is ahead, like the entire battle. Like this, this is like the key. This, this is it. This is going to be the final, final thing. I do believe the fate of the eastern side of the country will be decided by the battle of Slovenia. So I have annotated on here the whole eastern side, this whole eastern side, you would say all the way down. I'm talking this whole line all the way down. If you were to draw this all the way down the Mariupol, this thing has been shelled over the last 24 hours very, very heavily. They've been trying to push through. They have not found any type of way into Severnodesk or Rubizine as of just yet. Popsiana, as you guys see right here, this area, they've been trying to push through. They've actually had two attacks on this, this area of the last 24 hours, and every single one of them has been repelled. And then you're looking up here. So Slovenas, this is the area I'm talking about. Now, I have annotated. I'm pretty sure these are fairly accurate. Maybe not down to the T, but these areas are the heavily fortified areas of Slovenas. So they have their sectors of fire pretty pretty much covered. Now, there are a tr- there are troops moving down from Izium as of right now uh, from, from all angles. Literally the whole northern and northwestern side. There should be hit in the next 12 to 24 hours. By the time this next video goes on, we should hear reports of Slovenas being attacked by the Russian military. So we're going to keep note of that. Now, before we move down to Mariupol, I actually want to show you guys. So this is the eastern side I was talking about. Literally, if you were to draw a line like this, 
all these areas have been heavily, heavily shelled over the last 24 hours. Every one of those little blue lines you see, because those are the defensively held positions by the Ukrainian forces. And through here, they've actually hit Dnipro with a with a cruise missile in the last 12 hours overnight. They actually hit all the way into here. So this makes you this makes you think that they don't really have the indication that they're just going to stop here and that's going to be it. They're going to continue their push westernly. That's going to happen. I told you guys if they took Izium, they have freedom of movement to actually push all the way west. Now we do have to keep in mind. Are the Russians have been pulling out of the northern side of this country? Are the Ukrainians going to be able to actually shift a lot of their troops south or east? That's going to be a thing. But the thing is, what if they shift these troops over to this area? Imagine if they shift all those troops from, from Kiev and they shift them all the way over. Now they leave Kiev and this northern side of the country open. What if the Russian all the way do, they do another blitzkrieg movement and try to push all the way through again? That is something that could be a, that could be a possibility. I don't know. I thought this is something I would like to share with you guys. So I was a sniper for like six years, and this is the first time I've actually seen sniper hide sites actually set up within a building correctly. Now they're deep inside of a building. So when you're deep inside of a building, a lot of shadows are play, played into effect. Like a lot of things happen. Like it's, you don't sit on, like snipers don't sit on the edge of a window. Like you don't sit on the edge of a window. That's not something they do. That's like when you play in your little video games, that's, that's what happens. But in real life scenarios, they're, 30 feet back, 40 feet back inside of a building. That's where they take their shots. They shoot through loopholes and stuff like that. So these images you're seeing, I believe there's actually some some fairly skilled snipers from the Russian military. So I thought I'd share you guys because I thought it was a clear indication that there's some actual highly trained individuals down in Mariupol. But yeah, so here's here's the Mariupol area and not, not a lot has changed. It's really hard to actually show maps of this area because it's house to house fighting. And it's ever changing. They might take one house. They may like it's not controlled by the Russian forces. It's clearly contested. I also don't think the Ukrainian troops are going to be able to hold out too much longer on this area. So that's pretty much that. And so here's here's a video. And yes, that, that what you're seeing is 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 coming out of Mariupol. And yes, it is a donkey in 2022. I feel like I'm back in Afghanistan. All right. So we're going to move over here to Mick Olive. So we're over here in Mick Olive. There's been. Not a lot of movement when, when it has to do with the Russian troops inside of this area. They've been having to deal with a lot of civilians, honestly. <laughs> Russians have been attempting to renew operations towards Mykolaiv. They've been failing. Uh, they've been completely unsuccessful. Ukrainian troops have reported and repelled a small-scale assault, which tried to maneuver on around uh, a currently held position, which I'll show you guys right here on the map. So Russian forces actually came through here. They were repelled about right here, roughly, and they were pushed back into their controlled area. Now, this has been controlled by the Ukrainian forces, this Passat area, this Luch area. Has been controlled for the last week or so. Now we know this is the main route that comes out of Kyrgyzstan, which is crucial. That leads into Mykolaiv. So the Russians really need to take, if they want to take Odessa, they want to take this side of the country, they got to take Mykolaiv. This, I thought they were going to take Mykolaiv just like they took Kyrgyzstan. But Mykolaiv, not the case. This thing, they've, they've literally retaken a lot of ground in this area the last week. They've look, look at all this. This used to all be right here. All this used to be Russian held. All this, all that. And now it's not. So Mykolaiv is fairly strong, and it's going to be very difficult for them to push through. So the bulk of the Russian military has been forced to stay around Kyrgyzstan area due to the demands of the Kremlin. Russia is focused on establishing the Kyrgyzstan People Republic as a key component in meeting the Kremlin's desired goal for meeting territorial conquest in southern Ukraine. The civilian population has crippled the logistics within the region and has killed Russians' ability to mount any sort of meaningful combat operations towards Mykolaiv. And that's a big, that's a big thing. So a lot of the, the Russians have been stuck inside of Kyrgyzstan taking care of the civilian population who's been like revolting against what they've been like, what, they, they don't want them there. And I've seen the same thing and them using tear gas up here. So we know that there's Inahar, 
So we know that there's a nuclear plant up here. So I've actually seen some video footage, which I can't show on this, but it's of Russian troops that are actually shooting into the air, throwing tear gas. They've been doing the same thing that's down in Kyrgyzstan. They're having to deal with these pockets of civilian populations that's coming and revolting. It kind of reminds me World War II in France. Think about that. When Nazi Germany came through and the, the, they had to deal with all these little tiny militia groups essentially inside of France trying to revolt against them. So that's pretty much the deal. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day. I will see you guys tomorrow with another episode. Stay tuned. There's a lot going on. Russia's retreat in the north. They're going to be pushing east. There's a lot. So thanks for hanging out with me. I'll see you guys here later on.